Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's episode features Holly Girth. Holly has personally struggled with anxiety, depression, perfectionism, and more. But in this episode, she explains these struggles are not her God-given identity or destiny. Many of us also carry our false feelings of inadequacy around like a too heavy tote bag. We aren't even sure where it came from or how to let it go. But we hope that today you will discover why we are stronger than we know, braver than we feel, and more loved than we can ever imagine. So here is my conversation with Holly. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast, Holly. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Rachel. You are honest to share that you have personally struggled with anxiety, depression, perfectionism, and more. And you also share that you are not ashamed to share those battles because you fought them and won, and they are not your God-given identity or your destiny. So would you give us a closer look at this battle and the victory that you have experienced? Yeah, I have struggled off and on with depression and anxiety most of my life. I have a theory now, because so many of my creative friends do too, that those of us who are wired a little bit more sensitively and creatively tend to have those struggles. You know, we feel deeply, we experience things, we have a lot of empathy, so there are a lot of strengths that come with our wiring, but some of the other side is that we tend to have struggles, and I have, and you know, you said, I don't feel shame about it now that I've won, but I didn't even feel shame when I had those struggles, when I was still in the middle of it. I did it first, but then I came to a place where I said, you know what, if I am in a battle, all it means is that I'm a warrior. And so that was a huge perspective shift. And I would love that for anyone who's listening, who has any kind of struggle that, okay, we are human. We have struggles. All that means is that we are warriors and what matters is that we keep fighting. And so about a year and a half ago, I finally came to a place of remission with my depression and anxiety through many different things, like working with my doctor and a counselor changing some of the ways I ate. I learned I need to move my body regularly, getting some supportive friends, just figuring out all the different things that helped with that. And so, but even yesterday, I had a morning where I woke up and I was like, uh-oh, this feels like I could be going down that path again. So I texted my friends and said, I'm not feeling good this morning. Pray for me. And then I pulled out my list of things I've learned work. And I did like five or six of them. <laughs> and thankfully today I am feeling better. But I just, I think that to believe that we can go through this life and not have struggles is setting ourselves up for failure because Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So we battle with hope, but we do battle. Mm. You know, I, I struggle as well in these areas. And so hearing you say that it's normal um, and then just being aware of things that past, um, it, it gives me hope. And, um, and I think many of us um, and many of the listeners probably also carry around these false feelings of inadequacy. And you say sort of like we carry them like a too heavy tote bag. 
So, you know, we, we aren't sure where they come from or how we can let them go. So why do you think that we feel insecure, especially when God tells us how valuable we are? Yeah. So if we think of like anxiety as one end of a stick, so the other, the struggle end of a stick. So the other end of that would be the strengths end, which is empathy. Those of us who have a lot of anxiety tend to also have a lot of empathy. And I think empathy means we are really tuned in to the people around us. And in our weaker moments, that means we are really tuned in to how we feel like we don't measure up to other people. And so just knowing, okay, this is just a vulnerability that I have. I'm probably always going to be tempted to compare myself to others and just remembering that God doesn't compare us, that he has said, you know what, there's only ever going to be one Rachel, there's only ever going to be one Holly, and that means that we are not in competition with anyone else. He doesn't compare us with anyone else. And so I think just understanding who he's made us and then pursuing that can help us with some of those feelings and just understanding it's a challenge in our world more than ever before. A friend just sent me an article that talked about how in our culture we have so much productivity guilt and this idea that we can optimize our life in every area because if we scroll through Instagram, it's how to have the perfect diet, how to have the perfect marriage, how to be the perfect Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, how to have the perfect home. Like it seems like all of that is attainable and people want to convince us of that because often there's a product or service that goes with Mm -hmm. that ideal. So it was helpful for me to just be like, wow, we live in a world where there's probably more pressure than ever before. And so knowing we are all in that together and helping each other just catch our breath and say, you know what, I wasn't created for perfection. I was created for connection with God and others and my true self. And connection is always messy and imperfect, but it's worth it. Mm, That is so good. And so you've sort of written on this topic in your book, You're Already Amazing, And in it, you say, women have taken the dare to stop trying harder and instead embrace who they are and become all God created them to be. How do we find the freedom from the pressure to do more, be more, and have more? Yeah, and I say try harder because that is my natural response to anything. (laughs) If life is going sideways, I think try harder, you know, try harder. Yeah. That's something I still always have to battle. But one thing that has helped me, and I actually kind of revisited this just at the new year, is spending some intentional time getting really clear on who God did make me and who he didn't make me. So you mentioned my book, You're Already Amazing. There are tools in there that can help women discover their strengths and skills and who they're called to serve in a particular season and write a mission statement out of that, which has been really clarifying for me. It was when I wrote the book. And then this year, I actually used a different tool. I went through Simon Sinek's Start With Why book. And so it's similar, but he just talks about how over time, when we do the same things, even do them successfully, we can start focusing more on the what instead of the why. And so over the new year, I just took some time to get alone by myself with Jesus and just say, okay, Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because if I don't have intentional time to have that clarity and to revisit it, then I end up doing whatever 
I think everyone else thinks I should do, you know, and pursuing the things that other people put in front of me. And I know that tendency. Some people aren't like that. They are strong-willed and could ignore all of the things around them. I'm not one of those people. Me either. So, <laughs> so I'd say if someone's listening, you know, start with five minutes today and just get alone with Jesus and say, okay, remind me who I am, remind me who you've made me to be. And I think that's the big picture statements, like remembering we're loved, but also the little things like remembering, okay, I'm, I'm really good at encouraging people. What's way I can do? What's one way I can do that today? Or I'm great at spreadsheets. (laughs) So how can I go (laughs) rock a spreadsheet and help someone with that today? Yeah, yeah, we all have our own gifts for sure. Well, you say that the truth is most of us haven't had the opportunity to truly understand ourselves and the much bigger story that we are invited to be a part of. When we have the courage to step into that vulnerable place of growth, we can trade our inadequacy for true worth, our insecurity for courageous confidence, our emptiness for life to the full. So what is this bigger story that you are referring to in this statement? Well, the bigger story is the one God has been writing since the beginning of time and that he will be writing throughout all eternity. And it's a paradox that the first place we need to go to to really get free is to say, it's not about me. You know, I am a character in the story where God is the only hero. And I get to be part of it, but it's not about me. And that can actually be a tremendous source of relief. And then from that place of putting God in his proper place, we can say, okay, it's not about me, but I do get to be part of it. And so what role has he asked me to play? And so, like I said, getting clear on how can I serve? What gifts has he given me? What is he asking me to do in this season? And what's one small step I can take toward that today? Not How can I do everything I've ever imagined right now? But what's one small, simple step I can take today to fill that part in my story? So why do you think that we, I guess, being insecure and feeling inadequate and sort of living out our purpose in this way, why why do you think we get so derailed by fear and maybe our perceived failures so often? Well, I think all the way back to the Garden of Eden, you know, when the enemy went after Eve, he did so with one phrase, did God really say? And I don't think his tactics have changed very much. I think he comes to all of us still in some way or another, and we're tempted to believe, did God really say I'm enough? Did God really say I'm loved? Did God really say that I have what it takes to do what he's called me to do? Because that one little seed of doubt can start to get us off track. And it is human to have that. I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, no, I need to feel guilty because I'm tempted to believe lies. Every single one of us are and every single one of us will be until we're home in heaven. Mm -hmm. But we can pause and say, okay, that feels like a lie. Well, actually, it usually feels true. Lies usually feel true. So it feels true, but I think it might be a lie. Mm -hmm. And just pausing to say, okay, God, is this true? And if not, what do you say instead? And on the days when that is hard to do for ourselves, reaching out to someone else and saying, I think I'm believing something that 
may not be true. Can I run it by you? I do that with friends. I have a friend that I text and I say, I cannot remember what's true today. Will you tell me again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and on her gracious yeah. day, she does on, you know, sometimes she's like, you need to reread chapter eight of your book. <laughs> 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 so, but just knowing that all of us have to return to truth every single day and that is okay, but it's necessary. You know, you you sort of alluded to this earlier, but why do you think that we waste our time comparing ourselves with others instead of becoming the best version of who we are? I think because we're relational beings, you know, we're meant to be in connection with other people like we talked about. And so I think we can get really on to ourselves about comparison, but I think it's not saying, all right, I'm never going to look at what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to focus on only my own path. You know, we're relational. We're always going to be aware of what's going on with other people around us. I think it's just learning where's that line that I cross when it becomes destructive instead of helpful. Because I know sometimes I will look at a woman in my life who is rocking it for Jesus or is doing something that I want to learn to do well, and I'm inspired. And I cheer her on, and it makes me more motivated, and I know that is a good and healthy thing. And then there are days that I can look at another woman, and all I feel is I'm not enough. And Mm -hmm. I can never do that. And I must be letting God down. And so I think tuning into our inner dialogue about that, you know, and pausing to say, all right, I'm slipping into comparison. How can I go back to being inspired by other people and cheering them on and trusting that, you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm making progress and I'm where I need to be today. And that's enough. And I think, too, just being for each other as women, you know, saying we are not going to compete. We are not going to compare. You know, we are going to cheer each other on because we all have our own insecurities. We all have our own victories and we need each other. We need each other to get through this life. Mm, Yeah, my pastor just talked about that um, on Sunday, that our purpose is people. So uh, I, I love that. Well, you've also written Fierce Hearted, and you call it your most personal book ever and say that it will help readers discover why we are stronger than we know, braver than we feel, and more loved than we can even even imagine. How do we discover the freedom and courage to embrace life, love, and faith to the fullest without allowing our struggles to hold us back? Yeah, well, that book came out of a really hard season in my life. It was a few years ago where I'd had an incredibly busy year. I had traveled a ton, more than was good for me. And I was going on one more trip and had just been hurt by someone really close to me. And I was sitting in the dark on this plane and I told Jesus, I want to quit. (laughs) I'm done. This is too hard. It hurts to have my heart open like this. I'm going to shut it down and move to Antarctica and be (laughs) safe for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I felt like, you know, in my heart, I sensed him just saying, you know what, Holly, I will love you if you choose to do that. I will still love you. But if you want to learn a better, different way to live, then I will show you. And so Fierce Hearted is 
the book I wrote out of that place where I was literally like crying on this plane into the napkins are way too small for ugly crying on a plane. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Plus you scare the person next to you. I was just waiting for them to like press the call button and be like, screw this. We have a situation. <laughs> so over the next, you know, year or two, I felt like God just showed me how to be braver to say you know what love is hard and it hurts but I'm gonna do it anyway but I'm also gonna learn how to set some boundaries that I need to guard my heart and kind of going into this new place of courage but also vulnerability and so I think in our world having a soft heart because it is such a hard world is courage not weakness and we're tempted to either shut down our hearts, harden them, or to have them so wide open that we just end up in unhealthy places and relationships. And so learning what Proverbs talks about, where we're to guard our hearts, you know, because everything we do flows from it and how to be courageous women in a world where kindness is an act of courage. And so I feel like I'm still on that journey, but I made a lot of progress. And that's what that book came out of. It's not a book that I wrote after the fact, looking back. It's a book I wrote my way through to freedom. And so I hope that women who read it will feel like they get to come on that journey with freedom and end up in a stronger, braver place by the end. Well, in that book, you're quoted to say that a fierce hearted woman looks life in the face and says, you can't beat me. She lives fully and loves bravely. She never gives in, never gives up, and never lets go. She dares to be who she is, imperfect and beloved. So how can we attain this kind of perseverance and self-acceptance? And just a side note, my word of the year is perseverance. So I'm I'm going to answer. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of it is saying, we tend to say it has to be either or. I have to be either broken or beloved. I have to be either brave or afraid. I have to either be strong or weak. And I realize the paradox of the gospel is that we are both all the time. Today, right now, I am broken, but I am also beloved. I am weak, but I'm also strong. I am brave, but I'm also scared. And because of Jesus, all of that is okay. And so I think we, a lot of the internal conflict we feel is a need to resolve that, to say, I can only have worth if I'm this one thing, if I'm only strong all the time. But I think Jesus comes to us and says, you know what? I am in both. I will use your brokenness and I will use your belovedness. I will use your weakness. I will use your strength. I will use your bravery. I will use your fear. I will use it all and I will be with you in it all. And that's what's freeing to me because I've not come to a place where I live up to everything in that list and I will never come to a place where I live up to everything in that list. But I've come to understand that Jesus loves me anyway and that he will use me anyway. And sometimes the biggest gift we can give to each other is not to say, I have it all together, but let's do this together as we are. And so I think that's what freedom means is letting go of the either or and embracing the both and. So good. In fact, um, the podcast that just released today is Nikki Hardy. She wrote Breathe Again. 
And she was sort of talking about the same concept that she said, I can be greatly fearful and greatly faithful at the same time. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I love how that is a common thread weaving um, amongst some of my guests. And you also say that every day we struggle to find more freedom, joy, and purpose. And you believe the solution isn't trying harder or being better, as we talked about before, but embracing the fierce-hearted woman already inside us. How do we embrace the woman we see in the mirror? I think that, you know, what I just shared about embracing that both and and letting ourselves off the hook for those idealistic expectations that we've picked up along the way. First, just calling them out. You know, I I think that sitting down and saying, what do I expect of myself and writing that out can be very illuminating. You know, when I first did that, it was, I expect myself to be perfect. I expect myself to never get mad at other people. I expect myself to have, you know, a smile on my face all the time, all these totally unrealistic expectations. And so when I looked at the woman in the mirror, I saw someone who was constantly falling short of all those expectations. And I went back through that list and I said, God, is this expectation from you or is it from me or is it from my past or is it from the culture around me? And writing down where that expectation actually came from and only keeping the ones that are actually from Jesus, which are completely different kinds of expectations. They're expectations like when you mess up, come to me for grace, Mm. you know, Let me work in your life every day, knowing my work won't be finished until you're home in heaven. Remind yourself that you're loved, even on the days when you don't feel like you deserve it. You know, he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so if we look at that woman in the mirror and all we feel is heaviness, all we feel is criticism and condemnation, it's probably that we have taken on expectations that God never intended for us. And I think those of us who are responsible and caring and want to do well and please God and love others and change the world are the most vulnerable of all to this. Mm. You know, we have these huge hearts and with the best of intentions, we place these expectations on ourselves, but we're usually not even aware of them and they're just not sustainable. And so at the start of the new year, maybe that's something we can all do again is just sit down and say, what are the expectations I'm placing myself under? And if those aren't from Jesus, I'm going to set them down in 2020. Mm, So good. Well, the companion book to Fierce Hearted is Strong, Brave, Loved, which is filled with 60 short devotions to empower readers to be that kind of woman. How have you seen growth personally in your own life in each of these three areas? Well, a lot of what we've talked about, but then just revisiting, you know, I'm doing an online study right now that goes with this book with 800 women, which is astounding to me, but, (laughs) but I feel like I'm learning new things, you know, every single time about even what strength means that, you know, strong doesn't mean I keep it all together. It means I have the courage to ask for help when I need it. And brave doesn't mean that I never experience fear, but that I do what matters anyway, in spite of my fear. And that loved means I have the 
courage to show up as I am because that's what we really want is not to be loved for our ideal selves, but our real selves. And so I think those are things I continue to pursue and will continue to for the rest of my life. But it's been really fun to do it with other women because I realize all over again, we are more the same than different. You know, Mm. I think we can get caught up in believing I'm the only one who ever struggles with this. I'm the only one who ever fails at this. I'm the only one who ever knows the truth and can't seem to live it out no matter what I do. That is the universal human story. We are all in need of a savior because none of us are perfect. And all that being imperfect means is that we need Jesus. And that is a good, good thing. And so I think that we will all be learning how to be more strong, brave, and loved for the rest of our lives. But I do believe that we can make more progress every year towards that. And I'm excited to be doing that in a new way. Well, we're going to get into how listeners can keep in contact with you in just a little bit. But since you just mentioned that online Bible study, how how can people participate in that? Well, if you go to my site and search for online study, the Strong Brave Loved online study, then there's a whole post about it with all the details that will pop up. And depending on when this airs, it may be closed. But even if it is, we may offer it in the future. So there'll be a waiting list that you can sign up for. Or you can get the book and do it with a friend. We've even encouraged people who are part of the study to not do it alone, to grab a sister or a daughter or a friend or their mama, or a church group, or people at work, and just say, hey, let's go through this together. And the very first part of the book, it actually begins where I'm sitting at a Priscilla Shire event with my mama on one side of me, and my daughter on the other. And Priscilla said something that I will never forget. She said, wouldn't it be a shame if the enemy believed more about our potential than we do? And I looked at my mom, And I looked at my daughter and I thought, not okay, not okay that the enemy is trying to lie to them every day. And I felt like God whispered to my heart, not okay for you too, that he feels the same way about us, that defensive, protective, not okay, quit going after my girls when the enemy tries to go after our own heart. So maybe you say, I'm going to find some women in my life whose hearts need defending, but I'm also going to do this too, because my heart is worth defending as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we gather with other women, whether it's through an online study or in person or however you decide to do this with someone else, that it can be a powerful life-changing thing. Yeah, that is such a good message and it actually makes me think about Priscilla Schreier because I guess she's going um, through a just via social media I have found that she's going through a pretty um, serious health issue right now and is in the hospital I think having surgery but so anyway prayers for her as you mentioned her Um, and so you can find all that information on hollygirth.com and that's spelled h-o-l-l-e-y G-E-R-T-H.com. Is that right? That's Uh, right. Okay, good deal. And so in one of your bios, I read that you said you are a woman who knows love is a risk and reaches out anyway. A woman who understands kindness takes real courage. What makes you say these statements about yourself? I think because 
that is what I want to be true of me, mm, you know, yeah. and that I have decided that love is risk, but I reach out anyway. I feel like that's the decision I had to make back when I wrote Fierce Hearted, and I thought I really want to shut my heart down. Yeah. And there's still moments when I have that feeling come back because you know what? Love is hard. Loving anyone is hard. Loving ourselves is hard. Loving Jesus is hard. And it will always seem like the easier choice to protect our hearts. But I think we all know when we make that choice, it's actually the harder, more dangerous one because we end up alone and we're not created for alone. And so saying, you know what, love is risky, but I'm going to choose to reach out anyway is the way that we change the world, you know, in a a world where things are so divided and people are so focused on issues. I just always think about how Jesus didn't come to resolve issues. He came to rescue individuals. And that's where I want to live. And that is a messy place. It is easy to tweet about an issue. It is hard to love each other in the day to day. And we will get hurt. It's not if, it's when. (laughs) And so choosing to love like a savior who stretched out his arms on a cross with his heart fully exposed and died for us means that we choose to love. And I'm, I'm not saying to do so without boundaries or wisdom or, you know, to tolerate evil behavior that's abusive or anything like that but just in those moments where we know he's asking us to love and fear is asking us to run away that we find a way to choose love well that segues perfectly into my next question to you so last season I asked my guest who was an extraordinary giver in their life and this season I'm changing it a little bit so I'm asking my guests who has loved you well in your life And so, Holly, who first comes to mind for you, and how did they make you feel loved? Well, I actually would say my grandpa, Holly. I am named after him. He was a Holly, H-O-L-L-I-E. And he and my Nana had a Christian bookstore when I was growing up. And so that's what made me want to be a writer. I was a little girl in their bookstore carrying around, you know, all these books and dreaming of being a a writer. And all my life, he was just intentional about loving me well. He went home to Jesus about five years ago. But starting when I was 16, every time we were in the same town, he would take me out on a breakfast date and ask me about my life and He was part of the Gideons, too, that distribute Bibles. So he always had a little pocket-sized Bible in his front shirt pocket that he would give to waitresses or whoever he interacted with. And everyone loved him, so I never saw someone resist that at all. In fact, the last time we had breakfast, we went to this restaurant near my parents' home where we hadn't been in a year. And we walk in the door, and this waitress goes, Mr. Holly, you came back and pulls out this tattered little Bible that she had carried around in her apron for a year and said she read every day. And so he loved me well, but he also just loved everybody well. And I asked him what time, one time, what is the secret to success? And he said, just love all the people. Mm. And so I, I feel incredibly blessed that I got to be one of the people who got the most of his love because he, he was, I think I was his favorite, <laughs> but, um, but I also got to watch him love a lot of people well. And that is probably a big part of what gives me courage to keep 
doing the same because I watched him do it until he was 93. And that's the kind of legacy I want to leave to you. Yeah. What a beautiful example. Well, we just talked about how listeners can connect with you on your website at hollygirth.com. Um, but if you would talk about for a moment, you are also a podcast host with Jennifer Renee Watson, who was in um, on this podcast as well in season one. And then Susie Eller, who I guess is also going through some health issues as well now. Um, I don't know. That keeps so we've got a lot of people to pray for. Um, anyway, but I'd like you to maybe talk about um, some of the resources that you have available on your website, maybe your podcast for a little bit and just maybe some things that are up and coming um, in your life. Yeah, I would love for people to join us for the podcast. It's called More Than Small Talk. And so Jennifer, Susie, and I, we always start with what we call a confession question, which means we get honest about something in our lives. So for example, one at the start of a new year would be what is one of your biggest fears this year? And then we talk about what will help with this, what's a practical step we can take together and hopefully wrap up with not only feeling more motivated and inspired, but also a practical next step that we say, hopefully you can do it in five minutes or less. So it really feels like a conversation between friends. We call our listeners our fourth chair friends because we always picture the three of us sitting in chairs and our listeners in the fourth chair. So whoever is out there who would like to be a fourth chair friend with us, that would be awesome. So you can find that anywhere you love to listen to podcasts. And we also have a Facebook group. So we are just starting our second year, which is Uh exciting. But Susie did just have a double mastectomy a week ago. So she is in recovery. We've been in touch every day and she's doing remarkably well for all she's just been through. And She hopes to be back in the studio within the month because she loves podcasting so much, but we would absolutely love your prayers as she heals. And well, you know, it's funny. I I talk about all these people like I really know them, you know, (laughs) I think like social media, it just, it it does. You were talking earlier about how we are connected and, you know, maybe I'm a, a lot similar personality type to you that you know, I care and I want to care, but also I can feel a little bit hurt, um, in, in some ways too. So everything that you talked about today really resonated with me personally, and I hope and pray that it did with the listeners as well. So Holly, thank you so much for being my guest today. And I sincerely appreciate your transparency, first of all, and just your heart to help us to realize how amazing, fierce hearted, strong, brave, and loved that we all are. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Holly Girth. I pray that after listening, you realize how amazing, fierce-hearted, strong, brave, and loved that you are. To get today's show notes, you can go on over to at Rachel Adams Author on Instagram and on Facebook. Make sure that you also go to Holly's site at hollygirth.com. Next week, I have my friend Trudy Lineski. Trudy, I cannot wait to introduce you to her. She is one of my dearest friends on the planet. And 
She has such a heart of gold, and I cannot wait to share her story with you. In her episode, we chat about identity in our childhoods and parenting and health and career and in ministry. And we hope and pray that as you tune in to that episode next week, that you too discover who Christ made you to be and rest in your identity in Him. And also to know that you are loved by Him, regardless of your past or present reality. So I cannot wait for you to tune in next week to Trudy's episode. I hope that you have a great week this week. And remember, until we meet again, to always lead with love.